Welcome to 49ers After Dark. It's quite light out in California. I'm Grant Cohn. I think it's probably is it is it dark out on the in the it's, East Coast at nine o'clock? It's dark. It's okay. dark right now. Yes. Tampa Bay, the East Coast. Uh, Jesse Naylor, the East Coast uh, correspondent, based out of Tampa, which I didn't know was just called Tampa. I thought it was yeah. Tampa Bay. It's just Tampa. Yeah, just I, Tampa. Just Tampa. Anyway, um, nothing's been going on, but recently views have been ratcheting up because people think something's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo soon. And in the spirit of his like final hurrah, his final goodbye, there's a little bit of like, oh, are you sure we want to leave Jimmy Garoppolo? He won a lot of games. He They haven't proven they can win without him. And I think it's impossible. It's, it's important to address that narrative. The you know, say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not perfect, but Kyle hasn't proven he can, he can't, he can win without him. Let's address that head on. I mean, starting with Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa. Yeah. Listen, I mean, Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa, in my opinion, are the reason that Kyle Shanahan and this 49er team started winning. Now I, I think people associate winning with Jimmy Garoppolo, including the team, because they weren't winning before he came in 2017 they ran off five straight, but we have to remember that quarterbacks tend to be pretty successful early and yeah. then they have a bit of a dip before they really kind of level out and we figure out who they are. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is, is because teams haven't seen a lot of film on these guys yet. Right. And so for Jimmy, nobody had seen any film with him, especially with Kyle, Shan Kyle Shanahan as his what's up, man, as his coach. So because of that, they, they ran off five straight. They played some pretty bad quarterbacks. I think you pointed that out as well. And so people are like, well, Mitch now Trubisky. Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, um, Bortles, Tom Savage, Blake Bortles, Marcus Mariota and Sean Mannion. That was, those were the, those were the five. Okay. Not very good quarterback. No. So, so at the end of the day, they ran off five in a row, not playing very good opposing quarterbacks, but I don't want to take anything away from them because Let's not forget that I think Tennessee was either a playoff team or borderline. So was Jacksonville. And Jacksonville made it to the AFC Championship that year, right? Very, they very good They never won defense. a game on the West Coast. They lost to Arizona that year, too. They they were That's a true. very young, immature team that didn't travel well. But, yes. So I don't, I don't want to take anything away from them. But at the same point, they really could have and should have been 0-3 in 2018 with Jimmy before right. the injury. That's right. They lost to the Vikings. They lost to Kansas City. They should have lost to Detroit. They got lucky that there was a penalty away from the ball when he threw, I believe, an interception in true Jimmy form. And near a pick six. I mean, I think they yeah. took it back to the one-yard line. It was going to yeah. be game over. Yeah. Yeah. So should have been 0-3 there. And then guess what happens? He gets injured. They come back the next year. But now they've got Bosa and they've got Debo. Well, everybody likes to tout the record with Jimmy Garoppolo. And Shanahan's record with and without Jimmy. Right. Reality is Bosa and Debo, they're 12 and 27 without Bosa and Debo. If both of them are not on the field, they're 12 and 27. If one of them is not on the field, they're five and six. Wow. So I think we should give more credit to Bosa and Debo than we should for Jimmy Garoppolo as to why they're winning. And I think it's important to remember, like entering 2019, Jimmy's status on the team was not solid. Uh, Nick Mullins had not won a lot, but put up a lot of yards and put up good numbers as a nobody off the bench. And then entering that 2019, remember, like Jimmy was dreadful in training camp. He usually is, yeah. but he was super bad. And there were 
reports coming from Mike Silver that the Niners really like what they were seeing from Nick Mullins. And if Jimmy Garoppolo got off to a rough start, they'd have a quick hook. He did get off to a rough start, but they won eight in a row thanks to, you know, their defense and their running game and mostly. And so he didn't get that quick hook, but that's where he started from in 2019. And 2019 was when Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa got here. And since the last three years, we've really seen those two players in particular, but a great team really drag their quarterback to wins. And it's like, you don't see that very much in the, in the NFL teams winning in spite of their quarterback. It happens very rarely, but it's been happening on this team for two, three years because of these two players. Absolutely. And, but here's the thing. And and people are like, well, look at their record with these other quarterbacks. If one of them is playing, well, that's great. But Jimmy versus Mullins. I mean, Mullins is a third string quarterback. I've said it many times that Jimmy G for as many faults as he has, he's a starting level quarterback in this league. So with that being said, if I were to replace Debo and Bosa with third string caliber players, how well would that go? Probably not very well. So with that being said, I don't know. I just, if you've got two guys that are superstars, I believe two guys that are top five at their particular positions, I think we should probably give them more credit as to why this team is winning than we should give to a guy who I believe if they replace with 19 to 25 other quarterbacks could get the same job done. Yeah. And you know, it might be even more than 25. When I used to compare Nick Mullins to Jimmy Garoppolo, it wasn't to make the point that Nick Mullins is a starting quarterback in the NFL. It was to make the point that Jimmy Garoppolo is vastly overrated. The fact that it's even a comparison between those two just shows how much Kyle Shanahan propped them both up and how really overrated Jimmy Garoppolo is. And the fact that people like, even to this day, you've seen about 50 starts from Jimmy Garoppolo and it's clear there's nothing he does at an elite level. But so people just point to his win loss record. I mean, you're really going to attribute, attribute wins and losses to the worst player in the offense. Why not give it to Debo? I, I saw a stat. I, I looked up. Debo apparently has this transformative effect on this offense when he's running back. When he carries the ball two times in a game, regular season, postseason, his career, they're 16 and four. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Damn. Just two times. Well, that's it. Five. No. There's 16 and I think 17 and five. There's 16 and four with Jimmy and seven, one and oh. With Trey Lance, all you got to do is give uh, Debo the ball as a running back twice, and the Niners are pretty much unbeatable. So I would give more of like the win-loss record to Debo than Jimmy. Jimmy and his handing off, he's a great handoffer, though. Well, you can also go back and look at how they've won those games. I mean, most of the games that they win, I think seven out of their ten wins last year came when they threw the ball less than 30 times in a game. Yeah. So – it's not the quarterback. I think it's no. everybody but the quarterback. So if they didn't draft Debo and Bosa, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo would have made it through that season as a starter. J Rod five. No. Hello. Yeah. I, I'm I'm with you, man. I, I think again, it's it's crazy to me. And I don't I don't think anybody's gone through and actually looked at their record without Debo and without Bosa. And so I, I figured, hey, everybody says Jimmy's a winner. Heard it again from Turbin. Let's actually go look at things with Debo and Bosa, who I think are the real difference makers. And I was surprised at how much pushback I got from posting that from people that I think are pretty smart, but I think they're way off base on this one. All I know is that the Niners found a way to beat the Rams with Nick Mullins at quarterback yep. Yep. Uh, when they had Debo Samuel. So how important is the quarterback on this team? All right, right. let's move on. That's a good point.
let's play a little final destination game with Jimmy Garoppolo. Not his final final destination, but just the final destination of this offseason since we've been talking about it so much. Let's go through all the possibilities and give a percentage chance that you think he'll end up there. Well, first of all, it could be his final destination. We know that none of us may not be alive on Sunday, Grant. It's a possibility. Kyle taught us that. It's true. He did. He did. (laughs) But it's interesting because I think if three weeks ago we had this exercise, we'd have one, maybe two teams. Yeah. Now we've got, what, four or five other teams other than San Francisco that we can throw out there. So I think the one that I thought, if you would ask me two, three weeks ago where his landing spot would be, I would have said the Browns. I'd have said book it because at that point it sounded like Deshaun Watson was going to lose the whole season. And it, right. I, I think that Jimmy under that circumstance would make a lot of sense. So Browns are the first team. I'm going to give them still a 10% chance, not a big one, just because it sounds like four to eight games anywhere in there for Watson. Maybe they feel like they could get Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's a trade or, you know, he gets cut, whatever, and he's better than the other options they have for a few games. But with that being said, I'm going to give them a 10% chance, not a big one. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to give them a 5% chance. I think yep. that's how likely I think it is that Deshaun Watson will be suspended for the entire season. If he's suspended for less, I don't think the Browns will trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to give it a 5% chance, Cleveland. Okay, okay. Now, a team that's emerged and kind of and then didn't emerge all of a sudden in the week or so that I was out was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, now, yo, I, know that I don't this- know who Dan Cilio is, and I don't vouch for him, but give him credit. He called, he was the first person to report that Jimmy Garoppolo started throwing two weeks ago, not Matt Barrows. Cilio said that first. So I don't know who he's talking to, and I don't know why he has to sweat so much and yell so loud, but he got that right. (laughs) You did a good job on his show. I I was able to peep that while I was down. So that was that was pretty good. But yes, you're right. He is the first one to call that. And so it it kind of got shut down, kind of in a weird way. But it makes a lot of sense, really, when you think about it just from a standpoint that they do need a transition quarterback when Brady is gone. I mean, why not Jimmy Garoppolo? So with that being said, I'm going to give the Bucs a 20% chance to land Jimmy Garoppolo. What about you? I'm going to give the Bucs a 0% chance just because I think they would be down to sign him. I do, but I don't see how, why or how they would trade for him. I mean, you're going to trade for a backup quarterback so you could extend his contract. Like why, why why are you giving the Niners assets? (laughs) I'm sure they'd be interested to sign him. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in the league that think the Niners will cut him eventually. And they're kind of waiting. But I don't see Tampa trading for him. Zero. I'll take Kyle Trask. Trading for be a backup. That's amazing. Amazing. Give me Kyle Trask straight up. The idea is Cleveland's desperate. They need a starter. They make a trade. Tampa just likes the idea of him as a backup. Sign him next year. Zero. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Would you take Kyle Trask straight up for Jimmy? I would. Why not? I think Kyle Trask is better than uh, Nate Sudfeld. Yeah. Although there could be a bigger difference between Kyle Trask and Trey Lance, but okay. For sure. That's very true. All right. Seahawks. This team is in division. They've picked up a lot of steam lately. Let me be clear because I, I don't think really any of these teams are probably going to trade for Jimmy, but if he's going to get traded, I got to throw out percentages. I'm going to give the Seahawks 20% as well. Just because I know it's in division, but I I feel like that's one of those where Jimmy would buy that, Uh right? They want to do right by Jimmy. That's a big thing. Jimmy would buy that because he gets to play San Francisco twice. I think he would probably feel pretty good about that. 
But on the flip side, Shanahan's looking at it going, yeah, we get to play Jimmy twice. We're going to shut this down once and for all. Show this how Fred, this you goes. Nervous? 20%. Fred, Aziz, you nervous? Paul's <laughs> coming to you. Dre, you ready? <laughs> You're going to practice with the wide receivers this week. We need you on point. Zero <laughs> percent. I think they would sign Jimmy Garoppolo, but sending the Niners an asset, they don't have the cap space. They have to extend them. I think they want to draft the quarterback next year. I, I just don't see it. Zero percent. And I think there's also part, partly the Niners' white knuckliness out of nowhere. Yeah. A little nervous. I think, you know, week two home opener against Seattle. I think part of them just like, I don't, I don't even want 20% chance that that could go bad. So I'm saying 0%. All right. All right. I think this is probably the last team. We'll throw the 49ers in there too. Cause you know, there's a big percentage there. Texans. Florio says that he thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up with the Texans. That's been the team all along. Ah, uh, Maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it consistent. I gave the Bucks twenty percent, Seahawks twenty percent, Texans twenty percent as well. Zero percent. <laughs> I just this would be the dumbest move of all. I mean, I like Davis Mills. Davis Mills is way better than Drew Locke uh, and Jacoby Brissett. Davis Mills is legitimately good. I think. Like help I him. Do don't bring in like don't put him on the bench for a year. Let him play. To me, that would be it's stupid. Because bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get them any closer to the playoffs. Zero percent. I hope that they're not going to make it. I mean, I don't really care. But zero percent. That leads yeah, to absolutely. the 49ers. So then you're going to go 95 percent. 95% for the 49ers. <laughs> now, now, there's always a possibility that some quarterback gets hurt in training camp and things change. And someone gets desperate. Or yeah. someone gets hurt in the regular season. The Niners have held on to him. I don't see a team trading for Jimmy to be their backup. But if a team wants him to be their starter, that's a different thing. And right now, that's only Cleveland. I mean, I, I guess it could be Seattle. I guess yeah. it could be Seattle. He, come on, he's better. We don't, be Seattle. We, we don't give Jimmy a lot of credit, but he's better than those guys. Come on, he's better than Locke and Geno Smith. <laughs> I mean, is he better enough? Like, is bringing in Jimmy gonna bring gonna get Seattle to the playoffs, no. or are they just gonna be like eight and nine? Because I'd rather just they should just tank. Be bad, get you know whatever quarterback next year is good, and it's like four or five of them. What's the point? I yeah, I would yeah. Okay, so you're better than Drew Locke. Just tank. I would I would advise him to tank. I I agree with you 100. percent And I think the worst thing as a franchise is to be middle of the road. You want to either be really really bad or really fan, really you know? good. Yeah, 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 you know yes. yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah. So you don't want to be in the middle, like. Just e eking into the playoffs or just missing the playoffs, worst place to be. That leaves me with 30% 49ers. I, I mean, but reality is, like, I don't know, man. We're going to play another game a little bit later with some some of the other play. I mean, we might we can go into it now since we're kind of on the Jimmy topic if you want. With the I want to say thing, one last but. thing. I th the reason I'm so confident that Jimmy's going to be on this team week one is that I don't – I think John Lynch in particular is dug in. Maybe Kyle, too. But they felt like this win for Jimmy, this trade for Jimmy was a win. And trading him for a third or a fourth or a fifth or cutting him makes it look like a loss. I don't think I want to take that L. And I feel like they don't think they have to. If they hold on to him and he's a backup, then you don't know. You're not necessarily taking an L. You're just being prudent and cautious. And I think that's probably the, what they're going to do. Also, they could just say, like, well, he's not, he's not done rehabbing yet. You know, we're committed to trading him. He's just building up his arm strength. He's got arm fatigue right now. His arm is tired. 
<laughs> we're going to trade him when he's ready. And that could drag on and on and on and on and on. So until there's, you know, until there's an injury, until there's a desperate team, oh, all of a sudden dude went down. Jimmy's ready. Did we say that Jimmy's ready? Jimmy's ready right now. That that's what, I don't know. That's what I'm banking on. But I, maybe it's just because I bet like a $50 bottle of wine with my dad on this. And I'm sometimes I lose perspective when I have $50 worth of wine bet on something. Do you, do you find it interesting though, that Parag is this penny pincher guy who tries to save the Yorks a lot of money. But when it comes to this situation where they have an out and they can save the Yorks a lot of money, that they're not doing that in a situation that they clearly should. Like, isn't that a little bizarre? But it's like, it, it feel like it's a big optics thing, not just for John Lynch and Kyle, but for Jed too. It's like, was this a hundred million dollars spent in vain? And you could argue, no, I mean, he's taken you, not taken you, but you've done a lot of things with this guy. But for whatever reason, I think they feel like they open themselves up to major criticism if they traded a second for him and trade him away for a fifth. I don't think they want to do it. And I don't think they will, but I could be wrong. You don't. Okay. So at least just outside looking in, I feel like the optics are worse if he becomes your backup quarterback. Agree. At 20 five million dollars or whatever it is i think yep. the optics are way worse there because luck. here's what they can say if they cut jimmy it, it's twofold one first of all we already won the trade we went to a freaking super bowl you're welcome with jimmy garoppolo that wasn't worth a second round pick sure was oh and by the way we saved the final 25 plus million this year and we're doing right by jimmy and letting him choose his next destination i hope they that do this is a win John, do what Jesse's suggesting. I fully endorse Jesse's suggestion here, but they're not going to. I think they're dug in. I could be wrong. I hope you're, but I I, hope you're wrong. We'll find out soon enough. Okay, this one killed me. ESPN did a poll of NFL executives ranking the best wide receivers in the NFL, and Debo Samuel ranked ninth. He was an all-pro wide receiver last year, which means top three. But somehow – executives wouldn't even rank him top eight what do you think see this one is interesting because they're looking at him as a straight receiver which is what one executive said he goes listen i think Debo's really good i just don't know how to rank him as a as a pure receiver which i think is kind of fair but at the same time he went crazy as a pure receiver before they turned him into a running back absolutely crazy and some of the guys above him you've got cup chase and yeah, Cup and Chase, both of them basically have one really good year in this league. Chase has only been in the league for one year. They were at two and three. So you can't use the, oh, he's only had one really good year against him. Evans is right above him. Very underrated. Always over a thousand yards. Extremely consistent. But he's always barely over a thousand yards. It's not like he's putting up 1,800 yards in a season, right? And then you've got guys like Hopkins who... I mean, arguably, I would have said maybe the best receiver going into last year, but now he's got the steroid thing. He's coming off the injury. He's suspended. I don't know, man. I, I feel like they slided Debo quite a bit. I, to me, Debo, even as a pure receiver right now, is top five. He just is. He has to be. He's too dynamic. He can get the ball behind the line of scrimmage, run it for 80, and save a season. He's proven he can be that guy. I think what they're doing, I've been reading about this. I feel like coaches and executives in the NFL, they try to break wide receiver play up into three phases. Before the catch, at the catch, after the catch. And they would look at Debo as being, well, before the catch, you know, maybe you're average. At the catch, maybe you're average. After the catch, you're elite. 
But to me, like to weigh all three equally is disingenuous because the way the league is evolving, uh, pass protection is worse every year. Pass rush is better every year. The ball comes out quicker every year. And it's much more a um, space game. It's less of a seven-step drop game. It's less of a route running game. And it's more of a get the ball in your playmaker's hands right away. That's what the Niners do with Debo. It's what the Bengals do with freaking Jamar Chase. And it took them very far. So to me, like when I think of Debo, and you put the ball in his hands, all the players in the league who have the ball in their hands, who's the most dangerous with the ball in their hands? Debo. He's more dangerous than Lamar Jackson. He's more dangerous than Kyler Murray. He's more dangerous than Jonathan Taylor. And I don't see how that's not the most valuable skill in the league. That's why the Niners win so much with Debo. Because when you put the ball in his hands, he's more dangerous than anyone else in the league. So I'll take him over Devontae Adams. I'll literally take him over anyone else, save maybe Jamar Chase. But frankly, of all the wide receivers in the league, only Debo is the one who could line up in the Wildcat and kill you. Because he can throw too. That's a good point. And I agree, it should be weighted. Maybe 60% after the catch, 30% at the catch, and I don't know, 10% before. I mean, who cares what's happening before the catch? Are you getting open or are you not? It doesn't matter what it looks like. But yeah. also these executives are are stuck in the old school a little bit yeah. because they also didn't have Lamar Jackson in their top 10. I don't know how right. you do any top 10 quarterback list without Lamar Jackson in it. That's extremely disrespectful. And yeah, he doesn't play football traditional like a traditional quarterback. Debo doesn't play like a traditional wide receiver. And because of that, these guys get penalized because they don't know what to do with them. I, I just think it's it's old school and it's a bad mentality to have. I mean, I thought everyone in the NFL that was like, you know, cutting edge was all, was all about positionless football. Yeah. Who embodies that more than Debo? If you try to pigeonhole him in a position, you somehow downgrade him. But if you take positions out of it and just try to measure impact on the game, I really don't see a wide receiver who makes a bigger. I don't see an offensive skill player in football who makes a bigger impact on the game than Debo. So how does he wind up ninth among wide receivers? Like you can't tell me. I was in, I was in Green Bay. I saw the Niners erase Devontae Adams from that game. Okay. All they had to do was double him. And again, if you double most wide receivers, they're done. But yep. Debo. Okay, like if you were in a situation where there was no one else, Kittle was hurt and I was gone and he was getting doubled, well, you can't erase him from this game because now he's playing running back. Now he's catching yep. screens. Like there's you, there's nothing you can do to erase Debo from a game. I've seen Devontae Adams get erased. I've seen Tyreek Hill get erased. So I just don't see how you can put him ninth. I'd put him probably first. I, I, I said he was the MVP of the league last year. I, I meant it. I meant it. Grant. Not even Jimmy Garoppolo can erase Debo Samuel. So if Jimmy Garoppolo can erase Debo Samuel, I don't know how any defender can. You know the only person in the league who can erase Debo Samuel? The only person. <laughs> Kyle, Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Chase Shears says, I said it yesterday on Jesse's show. If Jess, if Jimmy ends up in Seattle and beats the Niners, it's going to be a big problem. Yeah, I would be yeah. nervous of that if my job were on the line, but it's not. Yeah, and I also said that I, I think Seattle could – beat the 49ers one game this year anyways. I mean, division games are very, very tough. I like that you're doubling down, though, Chase. And if Jimmy goes there, I will take that bet. I hope he does go there. I really do. Seattle is trash in the trenches, but they're actually quite gifted outside the trenches, which is interesting because my whole theory is that the, the league is becoming less and less of a trench game every year. You used to say like the, league, the game is one of the trenches. I think that's less and less true every year. I think it's one in space. And... um they might not be as bad as we think. 
I mean, their their skill position players on offense are terrific. They're uh, who cares about Seattle though? Honestly, forget <laughs> it. Who cares? Sean says <laughs> Giants should trade a fourth rounder in 2023 for Jimmy. They have Saquon, decent tight end, and Ingram, and two up and coming wide receivers. Run heavy offensive fits Jimmy's skills. They didn't upgrade over Jones. I don't think the Niners would accept a fourth rounder in 2023, even though they freaking should. I don't think they will though. But it's a good thought. I, I don't think Ingram's on their team anymore. I think he's on Jacksonville. He's on Jacksonville. But also. I, okay, they've got Brian Dayball, and Dayball just went from Josh Allen to going to Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, those are two polar opposite quarterbacks. I don't think he wants to hitch his wagon. This is year one for him. Now, remember, if this was the old regime and they needed to win to save their job, sure, I could see that. But this is a new regime. They have nothing. They're good. Edward, I will get back to you tomorrow. I promise. I got you. I saw it. I'll get back to you. Got your email. All right, moving forward. Let's play the what happens first game. All right. So we've got D Ford, which I think everybody's somehow forgotten about, is still on this roster, still has not been cut. You've got Debo Samuel, who has not been extended. And courtesy of Grant Cohn, once a week videos, we know that Jimmy Garoppolo is still on this roster. So with that being said, what happens first? D Ford being cut, Debo Samuel being extended, or Jimmy Garoppolo being cut slash traded, in your opinion? Rank them one through three in the order that they happen. Shouldn't D Ford get cut first? <laughs> I don't God. understand what's happening on there. I think D Ford should get cut first. I think the Debo thing could linger because I don't really, I don't really know where the Niners are coming from. The Niners might feel like, look, um, we might we're gonna we're gonna lowball you, and if you don't like it, you can play out your rookie year, and we'll tag you next year, buddy, or we'll let you go. So I, I'm not. I mean, he probably gets signed before training camp starts, but I'm not sure. And I'm over here thinking that the that the Jimmy thing is gonna linger on and on and on and on and on. So I'm gonna say D Ford first, Debo second, Jimmy last. Gosh, man. If and I, I could be totally wrong. I could be 100% wrong. I, I hope you are. I hope you are. I, mm. I'm always a very cynical interpretation, but that's the way I see it. How is D4 still on this, on this team? How? I don't I know. I'm back cursing, but I don't know why, because it's Fortnite's after dark. How the <laughs> fuck is D4 still on this team? Like, I don't understand that. They already I don't know, man. To play for him. Like, what? I'm sorry. You're, no, you're right. And there's it's past June 1st. We thought as soon as June 1st came and went, they're they're done, right? It's July 13th, and D Ford <laughs> and Jimmy Garoppolo are still on this fucking team. Wow. And Debo's not extended. Holy or Bosa. Shit. Yeah. Golly. We Golly. can throw Bosa in there, too. What happens if I throw Bosa's extension? In oh, the that'll be the last. I think that'll I, be next year. I think that'll be next year. I agree. Year. I agree. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I think Debo gets extended first. Okay. I think that's going to come... In the next 10 days, Debo will get extended. Wow. I think for some reason, they said what they said about Ford, but they also threw out the little little hint that he could pass a physical right now. And he he doesn't want to retire. Yeah. So if that's the case, I, I feel like they could just go, let's just give it a couple weeks into training. Let's just see if the old man can get it together. He's only 32 or whatever. You know, let He's really talented. We got him for cheap. Is he really hurting us by being here? We're only saving him. Wants million to or give two. him the shot. Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's try. So I, I actually think that they might go that route. So I'm going to go Debo signs first. 
Jimmy actually gets cut second. And I think there's an outside chance that Ford somehow makes this roster. I don't ah. know why, but I'm going to go that route. <laughs> like that. And it has 10 sacks next year. I think that'd be. Yeah, God, could you imagine? That's a very optimistic uh, interpretation. Well, prediction of events, but I like it. Because why it not? Is. It is very optimistic. All right. Let's do another projection. Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo, they don't seem like they've really enjoyed their marriage. And they've seemed like they've done a lot of finger pointing, although not publicly. Um, at the same time, they seem like kindred spirits <laughs> in the sense that, boy, they failed the same exact times. <laughs> and if you want to call one guy a choker, then you got to call the other guy a choker too. Anyway, they're about to break up. Uh, who do you think will end up getting the last laugh? Who will have the better post breakup career? Jimmy G or Kyle Shanahan? You know what's interesting about this is that even though we're talking about Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo, the one person that really is not being mentioned in this is the only person that's the deciding factor. That's Trey Lance. If Trey Lance is an absolute bust, yeah, there goes Kyle, right? Potentially, yeah. most likely. Yeah. If Trey Lance turns into what we think he could possibly turn into, then Kyle's going to be here for a very, very long time, as long as he wants to be here, essentially. So. Yeah. With that being said, I would be a complete hypocrite at this point to lean towards Jimmy Garoppolo because I do think that Trey Lance is going to be pretty damn good. I know, and I think he's question, right. Like, what, what did I think you're going to say? <laughs> right, right, exactly. But at the same time, I think, I think that it could certainly go the other way if Trey Lance doesn't pan out. That being said, I think Jimmy Garoppolo in the next year or two is going to find out he's probably bound to be a backup somewhere. And I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo likes football enough to be a backup and go through that again. So because of that, I think Jimmy Garoppolo could be out of the league in three years or less. And I think Shanahan is still coaching the 49ers and Trey Lance is pretty good. So yeah, I'm going to go Kyle Shanahan. Absolutely. On this one. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of like the, Kyle, like the Jimmy Garoppolo supporters think it's going to be Jimmy. Like, hey, look at look at Kyle Shanahan record without Jimmy. I mean, the best thing he ever did was get Jimmy. He's gonna be he's gonna rue the day that he scapegoated Jimmy. I don't know, man. I think Jimmy's gonna have like Jimmy away from the Niners is gonna be like Nick Foles away from the Eagles. It's not gonna be pretty. I think it's gonna be really bad. And Kyle may never win the big one, but I don't think he's ever gonna bottom out the way Jimmy Garoppolo's about to bottom out. Like this, this the way I see it, this post, this breakup is gonna be like. Tribe Call Quest breaking up, you know, and Kyle's going to be Q-tip. And Jimmy's going to be five dog. It's going to be like, it's going to be like nice and smooth breaking up. And Kyle's going to be Greg Nice. And freaking Jimmy's going to be CL smooth. It's just, it's going to be bad. Like Kyle's going to be, it's going to be like the loonies breaking up. And Kyle's going to be yuck mouth. And Jimmy's going to be numbskull. It's just not, he's not going to have a solo career on his own. Kyle will. That together, maybe they'll be better, although it's possible that Kyle, you know, like Q-Tip, will just be able to recreate whatever he had with Five Dog with, you know, Buster Rhymes and Consequence. I'm just saying. It's because Q-Tip did it. Or, or Trey Lance isn't good, and they're like LMFAO, and they both suck as individuals. <laughs> like, that's a possibility, too. <laughs> True. True. That's a good point. So I think that's I think that's more likely that they both end up somehow flopping versus Jimmy just outdoing 
Shanahan. Like it's either they both flop or Shanahan does really well. Like that's the options. I think there's this fantasy with the Jimmy supporters that he's going to go somewhere and like tear it up. He's not even going to start. I'm sorry, but I don't think he's going to be a starting quarterback anywhere this year. And I think what he and his camp, his agent, the, the excuse they're going to use is, well, he's hurt. Yeah, he's super hurt, man. His arm's let's, falling off. Let's go through some of the quarterbacks that got relocated and have starting jobs at this point. Marcus Mariota! Marcus Mariota. Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky. Baker Mayfield. Carson Wentz. And in each case, the, the, the team made the right decision. <laughs> and Jimmy Garoppolo is still not being traded for. Like, the league is telling you what he is and what he's not. Can we all just agree at this point? Yeah, but national reporters say that he's not perfect, but he does eight things at an elite level. Yo, stop talking to Don Yee, all right? He's lying. <laughs> Nathan Floyd. I still can't get over Dan Cilio being right about something. I can't. That is the biggest plot twist of the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i can't believe it. i thought he was lying about everything after the, yesterday and then today he's right i'm like don ye what are you Crazy. doing talking to dan Silio? dude it's... if don ye would talk to dan Silio, who, who wouldn't he talk to what is going on right now anyway that, it, Florida, i'm just didn't saying. you guys didn't you guys kind of make up you and dan are you guys gonna do I mean, a show cool. together i don't know if he's telling the truth or not i'm not here to pass yeah. judgment that fool put himself on the line Don, I mean, he was right. Once he said I talked to Don Yee, it was like a matter of 48 hours until Don Yee made an official retraction. Of course, I saw that coming, but I did not see Dan Celio being right about anything. Wow. And the fact that he was right about Jimmy Garoppolo starting to throw two weeks ago makes me wonder if Tampa is actually going to get this guy. Wow. But I don't think so. Yeah, because he said this, what, Thursday, Friday? Yeah. Yes. And then it somehow got reported to, was it today Matt, or Matt yesterday? Barrows said the yeah. same thing. And everyone's like, According to Barrows, it's like, well, wait a second. Hold no, 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 no. Nobody wants to give Silio credit. Let's give the sweaty guy in Tampa some credit, man, because he called it. Yeah. He didn't yeah. call it. He had some information. Yep. And he said who his source right. was. And frankly, the way – look, look. Uh, Don, he's a, a lawyer. He knows how he phrased it. He didn't deny talking to Dan Silio. No. He didn't. He denied my report that indicated that he talked to a media member about Jimmy's future. That's very nuanced what he's denying, right? He could have said, 100%. I don't fucking know, Dan Silly. I never fucking talked to him a day in my life. He didn't fucking say that shit. He said, I deny the report that indicated that I told a media member something about <laughs> Jimmy's future. Like, wow, that's very specific, dude. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Specific. You obviously told him about his current or his past that he's been throwing. You definitely didn't deny that. It would have been very easy to say, I've never talked to Dan Silly in my life. He's a total liar, but he didn't say that. Nathan Flores says it's Wednesday, July 13th, 8.35, and Jimmy Garoppolo still in the Niners. I, I wish it weren't true, but it is. All right, moving it on. True. So we was it last, two weeks ago, you and I were talking about trying to give mm -hmm. a reasonable projection for Trey Lance's season. It just occurred to me, like, we keep thinking about, I keep thinking about Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick. Kyle Shanahan coached a 22-year-old dual-threat quarterback. He was the rookie of the year. Robert Griffin III. So I just went back and looked at Robert Griffin's numbers. And there, I, just, I think it's an interesting comparison jumping off point for Trey. Okay, He was 22. He had no experience in the NFL. He had been in this system a year. He didn't have George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Uh, but what he did was win nine games, throw for 3,200 passing yards, 20 touchdown passes, five picks, 
It's a four to one ratio. 8.1 yards per throw, league high. Uh, 815 rushing yards, seven rushing t- uh, TDs, 6.8 yards per carry, league high. It means a hell of a fucking year. Do you think Trey Lance will do better or worse? You know, it's an interesting comparison, especially with the recent news that RG3 has been talking a lot about Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, that offense was really an offense that was the Baylor offense. I mean, it was more that than it was in the pistols, basically. Yeah, it was like, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of a hybrid, but it was more tweet, Baylor was, offense yep. than it was a Shanahan offense. True. And what RG3 is saying is that Trey Lance is good enough to do both. Mm-hmm. He can run the Jimmy Garoppolo offense or he can run my offense, which is exactly what Shanahan needs. He needs a quarterback that can bail him out from time to time and a guy that can do multiple things, be multifaceted. And that's exactly what Trey Lance brings. A lot of praise for Trey Lance that RG3 has been throwing his way. I find that interesting. I do think that he can have a better year than RG3, but it'll be done in a different way. 66% passing, that is very efficient. Yep. Only five, what he had, five interceptions, four fumbles, nine total turnovers. But here's the difference. I think that Trey Lance is going to be probably closer to 4,300 total yards. Now, maybe you can attribute that to the 17th game. Maybe, maybe not. But 27 touchdowns, I think Trey Lance is going to be probably closer to 35 total. But I think he's going to have more turnovers. And I don't think he's going to be as efficient from a completion percentage standpoint. I really don't. So, yeah, we have great card. There we go. Um, So, with that being said, I mean, gosh, RG3 won the rookie of the year. They were on their way to making a pretty decent playoff run if he had not shredded his knee up. I don't know. That's a great comparison. I compared him to year two of Andrew Luck. I I like this one a little bit better. I really do. I think he could have a slightly a better year only because I think that he can probably accumulate a little bit more, but I also think that the 49ers can win a playoff game, which is something Washington did not do, not because of RG3, but because of the situation. I just think it's an interesting baseline considering RG3 didn't have a year on the bench to learn the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle had to totally revamp his offense to do something different. That's not that what they're going to do with Trey Lance. It's going to be a hybrid of the two. I really think, and I feel like Trey Lance is on a better team. I mean, yeah, they had prime Pierre Garçon and Alfred Morris, and it was a good team, but this team is better. They have Debo. They have Debo. I mean, so I think it's actually possible that we're really underestimating what Trey Lance could do this year. You know, that yeah. that, that like the RG3 rookie year could be the baseline. Now, I am kind of clutching my pearls and white-knuckling this because of the offensive line, and I mean, I think he can do a good job protecting himself and evading sacks, but really it just takes one hit. And I wonder, you know, can he play 17 games? And what what's this team going to be like if he misses extended time? Um, but if that doesn't happen, I think uh, he's got the weapons and the defense to, to shred it, just freaking shred it this year, even, even better than uh, RG3. But if he can go the whole year only throwing five picks, that would be enough, dude. That would be enough. That's all he needs to do. The 20, the 20 touchdowns and five picks, that's exactly what this offense needs. The little bit well, of, you know? I, I'm looking at that offensive line, and, I mean, Trent Williams is the same. Much younger version of Trent Williams. But outside of that, I mean, they have four guys that, I mean, I, I think Columbus was pretty good at right tackle. But outside of that, I mean, these guys are not guys that I remember, to be real with you. So, True. I mean, was that offensive line really that good either? I, I don't know. Now, to be fair, he didn't make it through the year. But – 
I think that was more him running downfield than him getting hit in the pocket. So, but that was for sure. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't. Yeah. It, it was. I mean, he got crumbled in the pocket eventually, but that's because his knee was already done for. Niners daddy said that Lance go to tight end. You Kittle said he was going in May. Never. He would go in May. Never saw him there. Only Allen and Wilson. Yeah. I didn't see him. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he went, but I mean, I think that was more because he had stayed back with Ayuk and some of the other guys. Okay, last topic of the night. When I come back to my skepticism for this team, it always goes back to the offensive line. And a lot of people say, who cares? Or they've had bad, bad offensive lines in the past. And that's true. But I'm trying to put this – my voice cracked hard on now, and that's true. Uh, <laughs> so it's a lot of emotion. Mm, uh, so – I'm just trying to put this offensive line in context. It may not be, it may be good enough. It may not be bad. I don't know what those two, I don't know how to define either term for offensive alignment, but I do feel like this is the worst offensive line that Niners have had since Kyle Shanahan has been the head coach entering the season. Um, do you care to dispute that claim? I'm looking at them right now. I okay. think. I think that there's an argument to be made. Now, obviously, this is on paper. I think there's an argument to be made with 2017. True. And not because of the Tomlinson until week two. Right. And it was also Lakin's second, second year, third year in the league. He, I mean, he hadn't done anything in Detroit yet. So they had like, like Josh Garnett. So it was bad at first, but they did. They They had Trent Brown and they had Kilgore. That's three solid starters. And then they got Tomlinson. Right now, I'm looking at one great starter, and I, I guess, can we say Brunskill's a solid starter? Brun, two. Two. And then maybe, maybe McGlinchey. Here's what I'll say, though. Brown is really good. Trent Brown is a really I good player. He was underrated. But he's not good in this system. Like him and, him and Shanahan were oil, oil and water as far as an offensive lineman in this system's perspective. So because of that, he was already behind the eight ball. He was having weight issues as is. It just wasn't a good fit. So the player is a really, really good player, but the fit and the weight and being early in his career with the coach, I mean, it was just a really bad match. So, I mean, on paper, I would say before the 2017 season started, I guess it's probably fair to say that maybe that offensive line on paper was slightly better, but at the same time, there's no player on that offensive line that is playing at the level that Trent Williams is right now. I mean, that's very, very clear. Trent Williams is, I mean, he's on a whole different stratosphere at this point. So Trent Williams is the best offensive lineman out of all of them listed. And we didn't know what the other issues were going to be, but I got it. That's, whether it's better or it's worse, the point is, Grant, I think that your point is heard loud and clear that, oh, gosh, if 2017 is what we're comparing it to, that's I don't feel good about that. And let's compare it to 2020 because 2020 was not that long ago. 2020 had Trent Williams on the line. 2020, they led the league in quarterback hits allowed with 83. They went through three quarterbacks, two got hurt. It was a disastrous year. And I've seen certain analysts say it was all – uh because Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, fluke injury, that's it was a snowball effect. No, I think 2020, the reason that was a, a failed year is because they couldn't keep any quarterback upright. And again, that was an offensive line with Trent Williams. So that offensive line had Trent Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, Kronos Grasso, Daniel Brunskill, Mike McGlinchey. 
you could argue that that's a better offensive line than what the Niners are working with right now because McGlinchey two years ago probably is better than McGlinchey now. And I'm sorry. I know some people might like Aaron Banks, but there's nothing he's shown that says he's going to be better right now than Lakin Tomlinson, who was good, not great. Let, let's talk about Aaron Banks for a minute. JCK510 uh, says he reminds him of Josh Garnett. Josh Garnett actually killed it at the Combine. He put up 30 reps on the bench. He was athletic. I don't think he really wanted to play football very much. I don't think anybody was mad when he was drafted. Let's he put it that very way. Good. Nobody he was, was very like, athletic. What? He was a little bit like Solomon yeah. Thomas. Um, Banks Banks is 6'5". When they drafted him, he was 6'5", 325. Like, I thought he was supposed to be Mikey Potty. Mikey, like, that's Mikey Potty. Mikey Potty is the biggest motherfucker on the line like the biggest dude and he's just a mauler from day one and i'm sorry i saw aaron banks like he wasn't moving anybody he didn't seem that strong he just looked like a big college player i mean you look at lake and tomlinson that's a strong motherfucker you look at aaron banks no not really so i i i feel like what they thought they were getting was mikey potty but what they got was something much weak much softer not Mikey Potty. Not Mikey <laughs> Potty. I mean, Mikey Potty was a mauler from day one. Day one. Anthony Davis wasn't. You Potty was. I don't know. We'll see about Aaron Banks. But I'm just kind of confused as to what the vision is there. Like, what? I, he he never struck me. Like, when I saw him on a football, on an NFL practice field, he didn't seem very strong to me. 24 reps on the bench at the combine with short arms. Like, what? what? I don't know. Just a big dude. Well, and he had trouble. I mean his footwork was bad. He was slightly overweight for what they want. They were trying to play him out of position. I mean, everything was weird with banks, but I still have some hope. And I think that he can be a decent player, but you're right. Here's what I will say though. Even though some of the names were similar, let's not forget that that was the Mike McFloppy year of it Mike was. McGlinchey. Was. That was, he was very underweight, he was, yeah, he very was undersized and run over. It's true. It, it wasn't good. So, but he's coming off injury. So I think we're kind of, even there. Yeah. Trent Williams today, though, is a completely different player than he was in 2020. I mean, let's not forget he was coming from a different team. He hadn't played in quite some time. That's true. He struggled very early that year. I mean, he he it, wasn't playing the best football. I mean, we were like, God, this is not the Trent Williams we remember. I, I remember thinking like this, this isn't who we hoped we were getting. Now, he obviously came on very strong, got the big contract, whatever, but He's playing at a level now that not many linemen in the history of the NFL have ever reached. True. So also, I, I think we're talking about two different Trent Williams. right? Now. I agree. Also, uh, Jake Brendel's a big question mark, but it's going to be hard for him to be worse than Ronis Grassi was. Yeah. It's going to be hard. So wasn't Garland slated to be the starter? Is that he had a high ankle sprain like right away in training camp? Yeah. And it was Grassi week one, pretty much through the first half of the year until they had to move Brunskill there. It was that bad. So I, I don't maybe Brendel could be better than that. I don't know that Brendel be good though because a big problem with the 2020 line for me was that Grasso was so bad. Um, the Niners asked their center to make the line calls, which essentially means on third and seven, when the defense is giving you that exotic look, that overload blitz look, who's deciphering who to block who the center, and you know Alex Mack's good at that. Weston Richburg was good at that. Ronis Cross, who is not. So yeah. it led to a lot of like pressure and interior pressure, immediate pressure. And that's the worst kind of pressure. 
because last year, even with Tom Compton getting run over on every third and seven, the Niners could still function because it would take a couple seconds for the D lineman to get there. Not so when Hannes Cross was getting beaten. So I'm just curious to see if, if that's going to happen this year with this team. And also, what is the the transition from Tomlinson to Banks going to be like? What is that? I have no idea. Well, that's We've got to expect that it's going to be a drop-off at both the center and the guard position from last year. Like, we just yeah. have to. I mean, these are two pro bowlers that literally just made the pro bowl. You're not – you can't expect that out of these two guys. Now, what I will say is, is that – I think Brendel has a really good athletic profile, so he's got that going for him. And for a guy who turns thirty in September, did you know he turns thirty in September? I know he's yeah. yeah he's been in the league for a while. Yeah. What he doesn't have going for him is that he hasn't found a starting job in the league at the age of thirty. Hey, that's not good. have his tires though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But another thing he does have going for him is that he worked with Trey Lance on the scout team all year last year, doing exactly what is going to be expected of him True. this season, which is calling out those protections. And he's got it's that true. chemistry with Trey Lance. So it's true. We'll see. But because when they say they like him, they're pointing to this kind of stuff, right? Like the mental stuff. Because how could you, you, you're not playing tackle football in practice. What are you really evaluating this stuff? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're looking at it saying, well, we know he's athletically gifted. We think he's smart enough to play the position. Yeah, we'll be good. He went to UCLA. I'm open-minded. Sure. That's true. There we, yeah, I'm there really you go. No skeptic. I think I'm more skeptical about Banks than Brendel. Really? What the hell has Banks shown in the NFL? Brendel clearly has impressed some coaches once. What coach has Banks ever impressed? I mean, they had no confidence in him last year. Who was who was active more last year? Who was inactive more last year? Banks or Brendel? Banks. Banks was always inactive. Brendel was actually anyway. I'm curious about Banks. All of a sudden, you went from a guy you didn't trust to be a backup to now he's your starter. I'd like to see that. Want to know. Shanahan said that he trusted him though. Remember? Oh, he, he, he was he wanted to start him last year, but things were just going so good along the offensive line that why would I do that? There's no reason to shake things up, right? You gotta love how bad <laughs> Kyle and John Lynch are at lying. You know, because so I respect that. It's, uh, being a good liar isn't necessarily a great skill. You kind of gotta be in those positions though. You can't just tell They're the truth. Terrible lying. So, so bad. bad. You got John Lynch rubbing his ear over here and <laughs> Kyle he's like a third base coach. <laughs> Rich says this is the line of hopes and dreams. Sure. Oh, dude, yeah, you're Miguel right. Santana says my arm is fatigued from lifting up these cold beers. Enjoy that. <laughs> what is the it's after dark wherever Miguel's at? Fatigue? What is the official definition of arm fatigue? Some vague bullshit people bring up to cast doubt on Trey Lance for no good reason. Is that do you, basically what do it you, is? Yeah. Do you believe that there's any any validity to this? Um, I mean, I like, think what's it's, your thought? I mean, my, Matt Mayoko said he heard it from a very high ranking member of the Niners front office. So Lynch, someone okay. in the organization thinks it's true. I have a guess on who I think it set, is saying this, but to me, it's more. I think, I think that the, the team's been split on the need to replace Jimmy for a long time. I think there's some people in the organization that don't think Jimmy needs to get replaced. And I think those people are always going to be super skeptical with Trey. Oh, his arm was sore one day. That's a problem. Oh, his, his passes flutter. That's a problem. No, no, no. Jimmy's a problem. Jimmy's the problem. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure his, I, I hold on. I bet his elbow has gotten sore sometimes. Um, I've never seen him miss a practice, but if they're worried that it could lead to that kind of thing, my question is, 
why did you not know this about him before you drafted him? Mm. Like, did this did this happen in North Dakota State? Played a full season in North Dakota State. Did it happen there? Because it should have, if this is a real, if it's a function of the way he throws a ball, this should have happened in college. You should have known it. You should have investigated. You should have given him an IR, MRI. You should have known. You should have, this should have, but I don't know. Because what they said was they traded up a month before the draft so they could start evaluating, which to me means you gave yourself a month to evaluate five quarterbacks. Things are going to fall between the cracks. And this might've been one of them. So I guess we'll have to see, man. I don't know. But the fact that Ayuk and him are laughing about it is a good sign. For sure. And yeah. you know what? Here, here's what I'll say. I, I don't want to say that people are flat out lying, but I think that there's some truth to it, but it's an older report. It's from last year. And I think when you really look at it, I mean, he spent two full years getting ready to be an NFL quarterback. It's a long time. That's a lot of throws trying to rework your mechanics for two mm-hmm. years. Then you get no rest because you're drafted. You have to go to the rookie mini camps. You have to go to non-mandatory OTAs. Then you have to go to mandatory OTAs. Then you're the scout team quarterback. I mean, that's a lot of throwing of the football for two straight years, essentially, with no time off. So, sure, could there have been some soreness or fatigue? Possibly. But I think it's an old report. I think it's a bunch of people that are bringing up said old report because they don't understand why Jimmy's still on this roster. They can't make heads or tails of it. So they're going to throw this out there to try to freak people out. That's what I think is going on. Right. And so I, I, I've I've been saying this all year. As long as Jimmy's on this team as a backup, the Niners can say it's gonna it's gonna be smart and prudent and they can afford it. But what they're gonna what they're creating is a environment where Jimmy can't do anything well enough. Why is Trey Lance, why excuse me, Trey can't do anything well enough? Why is Jimmy still on the team? Well, J- Trey must not be doing something well enough. His passes don't spiral well enough. You know what I mean? He his arm it gets a little too sore. There's got to be some nitpicky reason that Jimmy's still here. And that's what the Niners are inviting on themselves. As long as Jimmy's here, from the from the players to the coaches to the front office, there are going to be people, the fans. I mean, there are going to be people that think, he hit that throw, that guy was open. Oh, it was accurate, it fluttered. I mean, he's not going to be able to do well enough until the Niners take the leap of faith. You're a Christian. I'm Jewish, but I don't, I mean, I'm not, I don't really consider myself like religious. It's hard for Jews to believe in God after the Holocaust. It's a thing. Anyway, I'm just for saying sure. the leap of faith is a real thing, right? I, I've never taken the leap of faith in life in that way. And I respect people that do because it's hard. It's the whole thing in religion. The Niners have not taken the leap of faith with Trey. They have to, and they're trying to avoid it. There's no way that they're going to al- allow him to assert himself without first taking the leap of faith. And keeping Jimmy Garoppolo as a safety net is only going to hurt Trey Lance. He'll be better if you take away the safety net. I really believe that. First of all, very funny comment, official BNA music. Um, oh, yeah. Also, also, I heard that Stifler's mom did sign with the Jets. So maybe there's something to that. <laughs> no, but I think that uh, I'm starting to put it all together and just kind of as you were talking, Kyle Shanahan just does whatever. Everybody says he shouldn't do like, that's what I'm starting to feel like. He's just like, yeah. you know what? You think yeah. we should do this? We're going to do this because that's what I want to do. Like, that's just yeah. the attitude he has. And so I don't know, man, this whole thing's bizarre. I hope they do the right thing. I hope they get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. But man, this is the longer he stays, the more bizarre this this whole situation gets. All right. The show's over. But at, before we leave, we have a definition of a new term. Arm fatigue <laughs> okay. by JCK510. It's a proper noun. 
the imaginary belief that something is there in order to mean the 49ers young quarterback. And I would add in order to create an excuse to keep the 49ers old quarterback. Oh, I like it. I like it. That's good. Jesse. That's what I like it. JCK. Thank you. And thank you, Jesse. And thank you viewers for another wonderful night of 49ers after dark. Elia, yeah, absolutely. You guys have a great night. Thanks for tuning in. Tap in over at last second sports. If you haven't done so already. Peace. Peace. See you guys in the morning with Eric Crocker.